Hey guys, welcome back to another Weird Wednesday. I'm Ashers and this is Pet O. Pet O, I know how your weekend went already, but how was your weekend? Absolutely fucking god awful. How was yours? <laughs> Pretty good. Um, it wasn't terrible. So I had been um <clears throat> waiting to check out the Skinamarink movie. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. I'm glad you brought that up. Yes. Because okay. I, I want to wait until I almost watched it last night because I heard you were watching it. Oh, okay. And I thought I would let you be the deciding vote whether or not I watch this movie. Okay. So what, what did you think? Pretty interesting, actually, that you that you say that. Um, so I, I waited. I wanted to watch it with my daughter. Okay. Um, because I had seen lots of talk on social media about how like you need to go in this with the kids kind of perspective to enjoy it mm-hmm. and we're about oh probably about 45 minutes into the movie and i'm like this is awful this is really bad like this is really bad L- listen i understand that that horror is experimental i get that part and i'm all for it and and good on anybody that takes that shot um and uh you know tries so then it finally about 50 minutes into the movie it, it kind of finally starts to pick up and um i'm invested i'm like oh okay what's gonna happen because like the first initial kind of scary thing that happens is kind of um you know exciting and uh but you know daniel thorndike which i hear you know who that is um me and him you know he we were kind of texting about it and uh one thing that i had to say about this movie is that it like edged me the whole time it edged me <laughs> it did it's okay like, something's gonna happen something's gonna happen and then nothing happens and you know i'm just wasn't a huge fan of it now my child on the other hand who is 11 years old fucking loved this movie loved it wow okay loved it and um she's not huge in horror uh she's kind mm-hmm. of been, been getting into it a little bit more lately um so this is kind of one of i mean maybe she's seen like maybe 10 horror movies her whole life um but she really liked this movie so you know i was i was kind of trying to get some other perspective because i've heard of people saying that this movie was absolutely horrifying they loved it it's their new favorite movie i'm like with what this are you serious after kind of reading a little bit more about it it's not made for people like you and I, Pato. It's made for people with normal childhoods. I'm, I'm dead serious. Okay. I'm dead serious. Because, you know, what it is, it is. What it is is these two kids wake up in the middle of the night and they are, like, trapped in their house. And all the adults are gone and they can't leave because there's no doors wow. and windows. That sounds like ages fucking 6 through 14 for me. I don't know. Right. I'm like, at four, we regularly woke up and there was no adults and you didn't go outside right. because you know not to, but you just kind of waited. But it wasn't scary because it was normal, you know. Right. This has that, like, fear of the dark, no adults around type of normal childhood fear that normal people have. So it plays into that. And so I can understand why people who again had normal childhoods would find this horrifying and uh, disturbing to them mm-hmm. but it's it's not going to hit with people like you and me so i mean check it out watch it it's worth the one-time watch i suppose it's long um, isn't it it's like almost two hours is it i don't know i thought I, that was my understanding was that it was like a, yeah i thought it was a i thought it was a longer movie that's that's what kind of held me back too because i ain't gonna yeah, it's an hour and 40 minutes i guess it's not too bad i mean it's okay i mean but like you don't actually look at anybody i'm just gonna i'm just gonna spoiler alert 
um, all of the camera angles are supposedly shot from the perspective of a child, but like not really, um, because kids at least like look around. Um, you're either looking at the floor or you're looking at the ceiling or you're looking at a door frame while like there's some voices that kind of happen maybe sometimes maybe yeah and that's what it is uh static and door frames and (laughs) and and walls it's different you know again good on the guy for going out of his way and and filming this and again i can understand what he's doing and where that perspective's coming from i just can't relate to it so i didn't think it was scary i will never watch it again okay that uh i did that this weekend and uh that's about it, really. I didn't do anything else. Yeah. So. Uh, I saw 80 for Brady. <laughs> was, what? What is that? That's the the movie about the four old ladies that go to the Super Bowl to see Tom Brady. Okay. Did you not even hear of this movie? No. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, we watched it for Y2K. Actually, we were recording the Y2K episode when you were texting Daniel about the Skinamarink. That's how. I oh, that's funny. Yeah, and he was telling me how great it was, and I was listening to him, and I was like, "All right." And then he's like, "Oh, Asher's is watching it now." Actually, I'm like, "Well, let me get her verdict." And because uh, some stuff I think is just, I guess I'm just not smart enough to get it. And uh, I don't know. I might check it out at some point. It's on Shutter, right? Yeah, it's on Shutter now. I, you know, yeah. I, I get what you mean. Now, I'm smart enough to get these things. That doesn't mean I enjoy it. Just like, again, A24 films. Smart enough to understand it. There's just movies that do it better. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. <laughs> you know? and, uh, but this one was different. This is different. There's nothing like it. You know, and if you, if you want something fresh and new from the horror community, I, you know, I suppose check it out. But if you're going to watch it, watch the whole thing. Like, actually sit and watch the whole thing. You know, mm-hmm. sit with it for a minute afterwards and then decide if you like it or not. Really think about what you just witnessed because it is interesting. Um, but, uh, okay, well, that's um, sounds good. You want some news for the week? Sure. Well, I have something here. Um, so in Jerome, Michigan, there was an interesting 911 call that came in from a woman who was reportedly seeing a chupacabra accompanied by a capybara you know what capybara is Pano? no no what are well, those they're adorable um they're they're like these giant they're like the biggest rodent in the world but they are very docile and calm creatures so it's really interesting that the goat sucker would hang out with one of the most chill animals in the world um but this woman was saying that's what she was seeing now the dispatcher that was letting the police officer know we got this woman reporting a chupacabra and a capybara in her yard um the officer was like i'm sorry huh what did you just say (laughs) he said yeah chupacabra the dispatcher told the officer that there had been multiple reports of chupacabra coming in in that area lately so that's interesting but the woman then later uh came around and said that she actually did not see this that this was a hallucination because she was using quote-unquote substances and now doesn't believe that that's what she actually saw so but i thought it was interesting that the dispatcher had mentioned that there were multiple reports of this thing in the area so i don't know not good got anything to say about chupacabras in michigan (laughs) pat <laughs> I, I don't. I don't fuck with Michigan. Michigan is uh, Michigan's really trashy. 
It's like Kid Rock. Eventually, we'll have to. Michigan is Kid Rock. Is well, that you know, like some bad bitches I know from Detroit. Michigan is just, uh, you know, it's not Wisconsin. Let me put it like that. I, I don't know I, what I, that w- means. <laughs> I, Wisconsin is a happy place. Michigan is a dark, dark territory. It's the dark. I night like of the... Michigan. Really? I do. Have you ever been to Ann Arbor? You know what? <laughs> Yes, and Grand Rapids. There's some all right places there. I think it's all all. right places. But Michigan is like is like you're no. I guess you don't have a Wisconsin. You have because you have the Lake Erie or whatever's up there. Um, yeah, I don't know. So Michigan's like Canada. I mean, is that what you're saying? I know. Just Michigan's a lot of like fucking like 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 meth head forest people. Okay, so you're talking about from the the perspective. From the perspective of a, Chicago, of a Chicagoan, right? You go up to Wisconsin, and it's like, like uh, everyone, it's like very Midwestern. It's like Fargo, you know. Everyone, it's all cheese and brats and 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 cute thick girls and stuff. You go to Michigan, and it's like a bunch of like trailers in the woods and like real like uh, methy. It's just a different vibe. I don't know. I'm probably being very offensive right now. I apologize. I think you're talking the upper peninsula maybe, but not the lower. I don't know. Um, then you got Detroit, which I mean, it, actually it's not that bad. I went to the Detroit Zoo one time. That was pretty neat. I um, do, but I do like Grand Rapids because we go there for concerts sometimes. It's like a college town. Yeah. Um, you brought up Ann Arbor and then there's like um, Sagatok and South Haven where I used to date a girl whose family had a vacation house up there and shit. I don't know. They got some all right places. You know, the way that I describe Michigan, and I mean, it's a lot like uh, Ohio. Um, It's just that it's uh, not. So when I go to Michigan as an Ohioan, because there are sports rival, and that's important to some people. Uh, When I go to Michigan (laughs) and I tell people here that I'm going to Michigan, they're like, Michigan, God, why? But I go to Michigan and I'm like, oh, I'm from Ohio. And they're like, oh, really? Where? What area? Like, they're super nice. Like, it's never been a problem. (laughs) Right. So, I mean... I guess, like you know, if 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 uh, if you're bad, the bad not happy place is Michigan. Then I suppose to Michigan, we are the bad not happy place. I don't know, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what the deal is there, but um, you know, I don't. No, know. I don't or you mean. could just Michigan is 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 Ohio's Wisconsin or something. I don't know. I guess. But yeah. <laughs> speaking of Ohio sports rivals. Uh, Daniel and speaking of Daniel Thunberg, we him and I arbitrarily decided arbitrarily decided to like follow a sports team just so we have something else to talk about. I don't know, and we decided on the Columbus Blue Jackets, which I guess is uh, it's a yeah it's a new NHL team. So we're gonna a new NHL team. Well, I guess they've been around for a hot minute, but I don't really remember them. How old are they? I mean, how long have they been there for? I've known about the. I don't know sports, but I've known about the Blue Jackets. Blue Jackets forever. My parents are big. Well, my mom is big in hockey, and they've been around for as long as I can remember. Really, that is crazy. I have never heard of. I had never heard of them until he suggested that. <laughs> I uh, yeah, I thought I thought I'm like, oh, they must be an expansion team, and he was like, no, they're. So I don't know. That's an actual. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out like when they were established, 1997. Oh yeah, so that's relatively new. And no, they began as an expansion team in two thousand. No, well, okay, um, twenty three years ago, Pat. That's not new. That's <laughs> relatively old enough new. to drink. <laughs> Remember, yeah, exactly. I was hammered for most of that time. 
they're old kidding. enough to drink now. That means they're not new. <laughs> Yeah, is that what you say to kids that can newly drink? Oh, you you're still brand new, right? Fresh chicken is what we call them at the bar. At 23, I was getting divorced. I mean, (laughs) 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 I had a toddler. You know, I mean, (laughs) my God. (laughs) Anyway, why are you guys following a sports team together? I don't understand. I don't know. I think it it has to do with. It has to do with uh, 80 for Brady. He just texted me. He's like, hey, you want to follow a sports team? And I was like, okay. What do you do? Are you guys <laughs> I don't like, know. talk about it? Like, did, I mean, did, I said we were going to do the Blackhawks, which is the Chicago team. But I was like, well, let's do somewhere in the middle so we can go see their games. Or we could watch them when they come to play against the teams in our cities. Because he's in one of the Carolinas, and I think they have their own hockey team or something. So we just decided on the Columbus Blue Jackets. I don't know. Tickets will probably be cheap. Men are uh, weird. I yeah, yeah. You're not wrong. <laughs> Guys are weird. Okay. <laughs> well, good luck with your sports ball team, or whatever. Um, that's all I had for the news. Pato, you wanted to talk about this Chinese balloon? I did, and I I I had the once again the weekend from hell, so I did not spend as much time researching this as I wanted to. Um, you probably have heard about this in the in the real news. Not that we don't, not that this isn't the real news, but in the news news already. Uh, from January 29th to February 4th, a large high altitude balloon operated by China crossed North American airspace, passing over Alaska, Western Canada, and the contiguous United States. The American and Canadian military stated that the balloon was a surveillance device, while the Chinese government stated it was a civilian meteorolog—fuck you, red—meteorological <laughs> meteorological research airship blown off course. The balloon passed over Montana February first and Missouri February third. It was shot down the next day by U.S. Air Force over territorial waters off the coast of South Carolina on orders of from president joe biden now i did i thought this thing got shot down over billings montana so did you were you following the story at all on twitter yeah i saw that where the it was just the fucking it was just the lighting of the video it was yeah there was a video of something get shot down over billings although have you noticed now that like twitter facts checks some some stuff and if people post bullshit it'll call them out on it Sometimes it does, yeah. Because somebody somebody had posted another video that they claimed was from Billings, and or, or or picture that they claimed was from Billings, Montana, and then Twitter fact checked it and said no, this photo is from the year two thousand or whatever. It, it it said that no, it was from before. It was bullshit. Um, so that I thought was super interesting. So maybe the Montana thing is a hoax. Um, even though it's crazy that they would let it go through the United States before blowing it up over the Atlantic Ocean. But once again, and we're going to say this guy's so named so many goddamn times this episode, but Dan, I was talking to Dan, and he saw it get blown up outside because he lives over there. He went outside and looked at it and could see it in the sky and shit. So he said it, it really got shot down. Like, that that part's real. Um, the incident added strained relations between the United States and China, causing U.S. Secretary of State Antonio Blinken to postpone a diplomatic visit to Beijing and also further strained Canada-China relations due to the airspace incursion. On February 3rd, the U.S. Department of Defense said a second Chinese balloon was passing over Latin America. 
So uh, this this balloon is pretty fucking big. It's uh, about the size of three school buses in length, twenty to thirty meters. So um, this is this is this was a pretty big thing, and uh, you know it's interesting, and it for a couple different reasons. It's interesting in light of all the UAP stuff, right? Because I've long maintained that a lot of these things might be uh, aircraft from a secret uh, space program, potentially ours, potentially Chinese, right? And um, it's also interesting because I had read somewhere online that, you know, a lot of people were paranoid that this, you know, not only was this a surveillance uh, situation where they were, I don't know what the fuck they were looking at or what they were doing. But that they could have, this also could have been a nuke delivery system for potentially bombing us. And then something else that I saw on Twitter, and mind you, this is all unsubstantiated Twitter fucking bullshit. But, I mean, Twitter's, I feel like, the new public square. So it's worth listening to and at least, you know, hearing what other people have to say. Somebody last night um, brought up the fact that this would be an excellent, you know, nuclear stuff is easy to be uh, traced because of the uh, radiation it gives off and stuff like that. And that um, this wouldn't be an ideal nuclear delivery system, but it would be an excellent delivery system for an EMP, which, of course, terrified the shit out of me last night, because if anyone knows anything about anything, the biggest thing that we have to fear is, uh, you know, our grid going down, because that would be catastrophic. Sure. And there, there's been lots of movies and books and conspiracy theories about that and how that would play out if the lights went out. So um, that certainly got my attention and uh, also made me really fucking paranoid because one of the bright spots of this weekend was that I went to the gun range Saturday morning and blew off a shit ton of ammo and I have yet to restock. <laughs> So I'm thinking, like, fuck, man. At least wait till I get back from Bass Pro Shop on Wednesday <laughs> before you turn the electricity off. Shit, they're probably sold out. Um, oh, I know. That's oh, Jesus. That's the other fucking thing too. You know what? It's it's so funny because the range was absolutely slammed this weekend, and it was people buying stuff. It wasn't people. Well, so the place that I go shooting at is a is a um, the best way I can describe it is ammunition. <clears throat> from the grand theft auto games especially the latter ones where it's like it looks like you're in a car dealership like where there's really hot chicks with like fake tits selling AK, like ar-15s and it's all a bunch of neon lights and stuff and like armenian dudes in track suits that call everybody buddy and uh that's the kind of gun shop I go to, but they have a range in the back and I usually just go there to use the range, uh, ammo and stuff like that. You're better off getting, I go, I get out of state at best pro shop because the taxes are cheaper and the ammo is cheaper. It just makes more sense. But, um, that place was packed this week on Saturday and Sunday. I drove past on Sunday and I, I just thought like, you know, it's kind of been busy ever since they proposed an AR 15 band here in Illinois. So people have been stocking up, which I think is kind of fucking gross, but whatever. And uh, I thought maybe it had something to do with that, but it's funny that you you mentioned it in relation to the story because that could definitely be part of it too. Is that when stuff like this happens, maybe it it, it um gets people out of their bunkers to uh, stock up. Sure. 
Yeah, I I mean, I don't know. You know, initially I was like, of course I think about stuff like that. Oh my god, there's something in the sky. I live right at the where the base is. That's scary. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I have that thought every once in a great while and that kinda, you know, gets gets to me. But like this was just a balloon. Um <laughs> Well, you know, something else that I that I saw too that was great because they tried to politicize this and say, Oh, this would have never happened underneath Trump's watch. Not not to get super political, but then the US Department of Defense released a uh press release that um mentions that uh officials said Chinese balloons briefly transited transited the continental United States at least three times during the prior administration. So that's directly from the U.S. Department of Defense. So this kind of thing does happen, and it's happened before without incident, and it happened before with us not knowing about it either. It's happened in other um, countries. I mean, it happens. Yeah. Before. So it's it's interesting that like I I don't know what provoked why this one hit the news so hard. Was it because people saw it in the sky and then it was on social media and that was it, or I'm I don't think like we were alerted by the by like like the press wasn't told about this by the military was it no this was definitely us just like anything that goes viral you know this was one of those things yeah Yeah, we spotted it and then you know people were taking video of it and and initially we're like oh my god it's a ufo and it's like that's not a that's no that's not a ufo clearly well i guess to them it is because they didn't know what it was um right (laughs) you know so i suppose you might think it's a ufo so therefore it is to you um you know and then uh it people just spread it would just spread like fucking fire across social media and then so the united states didn't have a choice but to address it um you know again people are like well it had cameras on it i don't think we actually know that it had cameras on it yet i mean they probably do now that they've recovered pieces of it and haven't told us anything about it um but you know i just i didn't understand what was being called a spy a spy balloon when we didn't know that for sure yeah like i don't get what they're what they would be taking pictures of either i guess it was by it did kind of float by a military installation or something like that um I don't know any, I mean, it, it just seems like such weird, archaic technology. Yeah. Like we don't like, they don't have satellites that can do this kind of stuff. They do. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what I mean. So it's like, why? Well, that's why some people theorize that it was, it was a test run for, for they're, they're trying to uh, determine what level of incursion they can do before being caught. So obviously something about this thing didn't trip anyone's radar sensors. You know, they, they didn't they didn't pick up on it until people started taking pictures of it and shit. Um otherwise no, that's we would. not true. That's not true at all. Pat we don't know when the government knew that this thing was up there. They and I'm sure they knew about it almost immediately. And that's another thing about it is that which you know people are like well they invaded our 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 aerospace well no actually it didn't our airspace has a height limit and this thing was above that so what does that mean does that mean they're breaking the rules because they weren't right they were it was too high up for them to even be in our airspace so is that how you get away from it but we don't know when they actually knew when this thing was in the sky it could have been what way before social media knew you know um i would hope that it was and that's how competent we are is that we have eyes on the sky it doesn't mean that the government's going to release that information to us why would they why would they tell china yeah we knew right the fucking minute that it crossed that canadian border we knew it was in our space 
obviously we knew it was in Alaska. How did we know that? Because we saw it, you know? So, I mean, we were aware, I'm sure way before. Um, but yeah, people are, you know, speculating all kinds of stuff. I mean, the reason why we didn't shoot it down is because of, you know, first of all, we didn't know if there was anything in that balloon that could have been harmful. We didn't know. We didn't know if it was an attack or not. Right. right. Maybe they wanted us to shoot it down so that it would spread some new, you know, bioweapon across the right. country. But, you know, and not just that, the physical debris itself. I mean, there was nowhere safe for us to shoot it down at and have all that shit land from 68,000 feet in the air, you know, <laughs> and then come down safely. It's why we waited until it's over the ocean. Because guess what? We don't give a shit if they have cameras hooked onto that thing looking at stuff because they do have satellites that already do that. Like, that's not, that wasn't the issue at all here. Uh, meanwhile, China's like, well, you guys just overreacted um, because it wasn't even like from the government. It was from private study and uh, you just shot it down and we didn't actually do anything wrong because we were flying above your airspace. So uh, now they're mad and they want to retaliate against us. So who knows what fucking shit storm that's going to brew? Um, oh, I don't. I don't. I. They I said think, that. Yeah, but that does it. I mean. That's kind of a fucking, that's kind of bullshit. Like, you're going to call us out for being upset about that? Like, I, I don't think so. Like, doing the whole, listen, talking about our airspace only extends so far and we were above that. That's fucking semantics, right? The, and, and, and to try to say, like, we're not, the government wasn't responsible because this was a private industry that did it. Okay, well, then guess what? We'll refund the, we'll, we'll pay back the private industry whose thing that we blew up that flew over our fucking backyard. You know, like the the fact that they're going to threaten us with military retaliation because we blew something from their country that floated over ours. I mean, or we could just, you know, chalk the whole thing up to bad luck and go on about ourselves. I don't think this is going to escalate into anything, but, um, but I think they it definitely... said it was going to. They are going to hold us accountable for blowing that thing. That's what the Chinese, that's not speculation. They said they are going to review information about what happened here and they are going to take retaliation if they, they deem it necessary because we shouldn't have shot it out of the sky. And okay, if... well, we're going to do another show next week and we'll see what happens. We'll see if China has retaliated against the United States by then. I'm going to say no. But we'll see. It's not a know. military retaliation, Pat. We buy everything from China. Everything we buy from China. They can retaliate by fucking up our economy that's already fucked up and vulnerable right now. Sure. And that's not going to take a week. That's going to take a little bit of time. So we just don't know. Was this a good idea to shoot it out of the sky? I don't fucking know. You know, I'm not a world leader. Thank God. <laughs> uh, you know, but at the same time, I mean... I don't know what China is going to do either. I've never had a conversation with them about what they think would be fair to punish us in this case. Um, and that's not up to you or I. That's up to them what they do. You know, I don't know. Um, but it's just an interesting perspective on how all this got way overblown and uh, how Americans thought it was a good idea to shoot at it with their own guns, which is stupid and harmful <laughs> yeah, to American that. citizens. That was... Yeah. <laughs> right. That's why we need stricter gun control laws is those fucking people. Like <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> so, I mean, I hope that uh, we track down every single one of them and fucking revoke whatever rights they have to guns because they don't need it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's, ooh, that's dumb. But, you know, interesting, because like I said, when I first got wind of it, it was from the UFO communities. It's from people reporting this UFO. And it wasn't that at all. Um, and look how many people wanted to shoot it down. 
that's why aliens don't fucking come and, and freely visit us and come and go and whatever. It's because we we will shoot them out of the fucking sky, given the chance. Right. That's what it is. And we, we've proven that with this fucking balloon. So I don't know. Anyway, that was it was interesting, though. It was fun. It was fun to watch it happen. Um, and yeah, any other thoughts on the Chinese balloon? Oh, no, not at all. I'm going to wait and see what happens with it, you know? Uh, like the rest of us and i'm curious to find out what they uh, get from the debris by the time the show comes out actually we might we might know but uh who knows so i thought that was a that was weird too is that they said it would take them a couple days to get the debris because it was in 47 feet of water it didn't seem very deep but i'm no deep sea diving expert so i i can't believe they wouldn't have a recovery boat you know what I mean? Because they kind of have an idea of, okay, this is when we're going to shoot it down is when it gets over here to the Atlantic. You know, can't they have a boat on standby? Is it really going to take days to recover? But <laughs> Did they we'll say see. it's going to take days to recover or days yeah, to what it is? No, that was what, um, when I was watching the news on Saturday, that's what they, that's what the guy they had on said was that it was going to take days to recover. Oh, and then there was, yeah, even the people that were, were the, the commentators uh, we're like, that seems a little, uh, it shouldn't really take days, but we haven't heard anything yet. I mean, they shot it down on Saturday. It's, you know, as of us yeah. recording this. Yeah. <laughs> it's <so. laughs> And my, my daughter woke up that morning and I was like, there's a Chinese spy balloon floating around the air right now. <laughs> and she's like, we can't go anywhere. That's scary. And then a couple hours later, I was like, the Chinese spy balloon got shot out of the sky. <laughs> Just yeah. Yeah. I, I, I almost brought that up when you were talking about her and Skinamarink because I was watching it with my son too, and he got really weirded out. He's like, "Turn this off," and I'm like, "Well, it's, no, I want to see what's going on." And he was like, "Oh, he didn't like that." <laughs> no, he didn't like it. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> he put on odd ones out. He's like, "I don't want to watch this." Tom go to his fucking room. He's got a bedroom, right? <laughs> it's right. my house. <laughs> I'm gonna watch the news in whatever room I want to. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not that kind of house. Oh, I guess I'm lucky. It's just me and my child. I just tell her, get the, get the fuck out of my, I tell her, get out of my area then. It's my area. <laughs> tell her, it's my space. You don't want to watch what I'm watching. You get the fuck out. <laughs> it works. She goes. That's probably why she doesn't hang out with me anymore. I always watch a bunch of weird shit. Um, but anyway, back to the, uh, I guess the topic. Um, what do you know about the Beast of Bray Road, Pato? I, uh, you know, I think I had heard of it before, but I, uh, recently within the past year or two of doing this show, I have come to associate it with Adam from the Pine Barren Institutes. Um, really? I don't know why. Did he write a book about it or something or is he, just cause he's from over there? I don't think he wrote a book about it, but he is from over there. He's probably investigated the area. I'm sure yeah sure he has um so i think that's i that's just like you say georgia i say guidestones if you say uh beast of bray road i think adam you know <laughs> okay. it's the immediate connection i make fair enough that's, that's i mean i i think that's a good uh connection i'm surprised you hadn't really heard you know too too much about it considering like this thing is like all up in your area pretty much yeah i don't i didn't realize that until uh until adam i mean i think i always i had heard of it probably i had to have you know because also i knew who linda godfrey was just for being a coast to coast fan yeah and this this was the story that kind of broke her to the uh crypto her community. yeah yeah so um i mean i was definitely familiar with it i had heard it before but i don't think i ever realized like oh that's alcorn you know what i mean which is 
probably an hour and a half away from me tops or something yeah 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 well interesting um you know the beast of bray road is is a big popular one uh most people know it as as i guess dog man the werewolf wolf wolf beast wolf man uh, you know whatever you want to call it the, the bray road beast um <laughs> it's got, it's got a hundred thousand names um i just thought that you know of course we've talked about dog man on the show before um i thought that it'd be interesting to start kind of um now that we've almost covered everything to start really honing in on particular topics and really taking a look at those you know individual cases and um you know seeing if they hold any water at all and if they're if they play into the big picture um so the beast of bray road's always kind of been around allegedly um but it, it picked up popularity mostly in the 90s um mm. and it kind of slowly gained traction throughout the 80s into the 90s and then kind of died out in the 2000s um <laughs> but but that's not, not to say people don't see it to this day allegedly they, they do um but the earliest reported sighting happened in uh 1936 okay uh there was a man driving in jefferson county and he saw a man that was digging in a field so uh he slowed to watch the man when the figure stood to its full height which was about six feet tall and stared at him at that point in time the driver realized this is not a man so the driver uh said that the creature was covered in hair and looked like a cross between a dog and an ape um and he got a good enough look at it to see that its hands were shaped like human hands and at that point in time the driver got the fuck out of there so what kind of cars were they driving in 1936 do you know like those model t things that's pretty cool um so he didn't go very fast that thing probably could outran that car <laughs> got him if it really wanted to um so you know this is again the earliest sighting on paper from that time and you know a lot of people talk about what this could be now of course we kind of talked about the connection between like wisconsin and michigan um michigan also has a very popular monster the the michigan dogman mm-hmm. um which i i I'd went on the um oh my gosh the one show that i did and i can't remember what it's called oh well uh i went on the show and talked about michigan a lot and we'll eventually break you know break apart michigan um but the native american lore in and around this area you know i don't see anything in particular that points to werewolf um but there were reports that some of the settlers in you know in early early times would complain that that they would you know get their village going and a fucking dog creature a werewolf type creature would come along and destroy the fucking village and then just disappear and then they'd have to rebuild again and there were like reports of this happening in mass in that area um some people attribute this thing to the wendigo because that is really popular in that area but that's not what a wendigo looks like so i I don't know where that similarity falls into play I, i suppose because it's a shapeshifter and i don't know why people put those two things together they're not the same thing um you know so again there is some history here to this creature um that that we know of so like i said around the 80s it started to peak um the sighting started becoming more and more prevalent and people were seeing this creature and so like i said it's about six well it's anywhere from like two to six feet tall and i only say that because there are reports of both this thing 
crouching down on all fours and standing up bipedal and, and walking and running away. Um, but the legs are very distinct. They're not straight up and down like you get in like a Bigfoot. You know, they're they're dog shaped. And uh, the whole head, a lot of people describe that it's got the head of a dog, um, which is interesting. But the story got huge when, um, what's her name? Let me find it. Linda Godfrey? No, not Linda Godfrey. Um, it was actually on Halloween and I believe it was, I don't know if it was 1991 or 1999. <laughs> Nobody can seem to get that right. It's probably in Linda's book somewhere. Um, but it got big when Doris Gibson was driving around one night on Halloween. She was 18 years old. That Yeah, it was that was from the earlier flap um, that Linda reported on. Where it is that where it she describes it as like something on like misshapen and unholy or something. No. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna shut up. That's okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Doris was driving along. This is where the name comes from, the Beast of Bray Road, because she was driving along Bray Road in Elkhorn, Wisconsin, um, when she hit something. And when she hit this thing, okay, she, she got out of the car to figure out what it was that she hit, and what she saw was this weird fucking werewolf beast creature and it was all the way i mean she had hit it and didn't stop the car immediately so she was kind of further enough away and this thing was pissed okay so it gets up stares at her stares her down with its uh golden yellow eyes that people claim that it has and starts charging at her and she said this thing had so much weight on it that she could hear the feet hitting the ground as it's charging at her so she jumps back in the car and she and she leaves she gets out of there but it grabbed onto the trunk of her car and was still trying to get at her and um, scratched the shit out of the trunk of her car. And then eventually, you know, it couldn't keep up with the car itself and it fell off. And <clears throat> then the story just became huge after that point. <laughs> that story spread everywhere. And then, of course, more reports came in of people seeing this thing, um, you know, in and around that area. And Linda, you know, at that point, um, she was able to personally investigate the case and she was able to see the car and see the scratch marks on the car. She verified them. Another distinct feature of this thing is that it typically tends to have like three claws on its hands. So they're like man hands, but then three of the fingers have long claws on them. And she did verify that with this case with the scratch paint. It did appear that only three claws were, were scratching onto the car. So I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I didn't pull any other reports. Maybe I should have. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of them. Uh, Linda Godfrey went on to, you know, write a whole book about it. She was not investigating stuff like this at the time. Uh, she was put on this case and, and she was uh, very famously a skeptic, very skeptical of these sightings that people were having. And so she would go and talk to the witnesses every time a new report came in. And, you know, over time, just with more and more, it wasn't so much physical evidence. It was just because of the stories and these people's reactions. She believed that they all saw something. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what's even more interesting is that people aren't even really convinced that this is like a dog man. I mean, there's people, cryptozoologists themselves are very skeptical of dog man. They don't think that's a real thing. They think that people are just mistaking it for Bigfoot. Like it's a type of like a baboon type of Bigfoot with like a long snout on it instead. And that's what people are seeing. Um, I don't know. 
I don't know. I have a quote from Linda. Okay. I can read. Um, <clears throat> one of the things that she said, so uh, Small Town Monsters did a documentary about this called The Beast of Bray Road. It actually features Linda, which Linda recently passed, I think this year, or just within the last couple of months, just passed. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's very prominent. I mean, she was like the the leader of Dogman Research. So, I mean, if you don't know who that is, I don't know why you're listening to the show. Um, but one thing she said in the documentary was... Um, she said, I'll actually sometimes see people reliving the fear. They turn white, they turn red, they start sweating. I had one woman even burst into tears while she was telling me because she still feel, oh, because they still feel this sort of visceral contract with this creature. So, you know, again, it was directly these people's reactions that made her a believer. It wasn't even evidence. It was just people. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the uh the the what I thought was interesting about the um the sighting that you uh recounted about Doris is that she claims to have heard it speak where it says Gadara. Um Really? Yeah, I saw that. So I this my new my new research t- like technique is uh, I used to just look st- like Google stuff and then read a couple web pages or whatever. And now something else that I do too is that I'll listen to other people's podcasts about the topic just cuz it's another way to disseminate information while I'm driving or whatever. And this is something that I found online and I heard in the in the podcast that I listen to. And um it's interesting because that is um you don't have you don't have talking dogmen or werewolves too much. No, not and, too much. <laughs> and that is a it's a it's a guttural. She just they described it as a uh, guttural voice, and um, that doesn't have like a direct translation to anything. Like, it's like a Greek word, um. Which, of course, made some people think that there was some kind of... So one of the things that I never knew about until I started doing this show is that uh, the supernatural expl- explanation for, like, dogmen or werewolves and stuff, right? People that think that they're not just byproducts of nature, that they're actually... They could be um, something like Cerebrus or, like, you know, the uh, devil dogs that are supposed to be guarding the gates of hell. Sure. And that the fact that um, it said this word that if was heard and and reported back correctly, because it does kind of sound like a nonsense word mm-hmm. to some people, but uh, it also um, is a city and uh, southeast of the Sea of Galilee in Jordan. And because it's got that kind of like tangent uh, Middle Eastern a biblical connection people thought that that may lend uh something to the fact that this was a supernatural creature and something else that was interesting about that area in that time when linda first started researching this topic is that it was like towards the ass end of the satanic panic which was happening was still alive and well yeah. very well in wisconsin at that time and if you look at the general location as to where uh Elkhorn is the closest major city is Lake Geneva. Lake Geneva, as we all know, is the birthplace of Dungeons and Dragons. So um 
I don't necessarily think that this is a uh, there's a supernatural connection here, but it's something that I never really considered. And it's something that if, you know, does get brought up sometimes about this kind of stuff. And uh, I don't know. What do you think about that? That's um, what's really interesting when you say that a particular person popped into my head. And uh, actually, this was an interview that I did on this show that, Pato, you missed out on, which was a damn good interview. Um, I had uh, Octavian on from Strange Dominions. And oh, I listened to that. I really, you know what? I was very pissed that I was not here for that because I really would have loved to talk to that guy. Yeah. Very interesting. I cannot say enough good about the guy for not listening to Strange Dominions. You need to. Um, he, now he's younger and he's kind of he's kind of getting his feet wet, you know, in the community. Um, but he's I think he's on to something. And I don't know if he said it during that interview. We just we talk a lot about things um, because we're friends or whatever. And, you know, one thing that he had mentioned to me one time was that he had he had a dream about Bigfoot. OK, and in the dream, Bigfoot spoke to him and he doesn't really understand what it was Bigfoot was saying. Like and, you know, to him, you know, and in, in some of the beliefs that he has, because he does practice a lot of ritual magic and things like that you know he believes that this was significant so i will take his word for it but like i said that's inter- interesting you mentioned that um the dog man talking and speaking this incoherent thing because i've heard of other people kind of talking about things like that so i don't, I don't know really weird mm-hmm. um but uh I, you know and i feel like i've heard that before i didn't know that it was the girl that hit the thing that said that it said that yeah, and there was there was someone else, and, and this is something that I'm gleaning from the podcast that I listen to. But there is a there is a one of the witnesses from that uh, early '90s flap had a very uh, verbose description of it, and it was very like it looked like a misshapen thing that was a mistake of about like ah some shit about, but it, it it you know it looked like something that God for god or something like that and that in some of and from that flap that there was kind of um and now mind you this could just be the byproduct of a human being dealing with the unknown but that the people kind of felt an unholy uh vibe when looking at this thing which i mean i i think if you were if you were to ever come across anything that was if you were to come across you know people just there's a there's a large camp of people that think that aliens are demons or whatever right like i think if if you have that religious uh filter if you have that religious lens you're going to view everything through it so if you see something like this you're going to immediately think that it's some kind of demonic manifestation which uh it not necessarily is it just could be a really scary fucking creature so um i don't know i mean i i think to to say that this thing was you know is, is it something that exists in nature is it transdimensional or is it something that was potentially summoned because that you know that's 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 one of the potential explanations for the uh you know the large black uh cats in england as they think that it has because that's kind of an, an english thing right is they have these large black cats that they see in the woods right. and shit and i always thought well this is the most boring thing in the world who cares right and then i had read somewhere that no some people think that they're attributed to um that they could be kind of like demonic things that were summoned and that kind of roam for a while and do their thing and then eventually they vanish or go back to wherever they came from and that immediately made it way more interesting to me you know (laughs) so as much as i love werewolves in the first place the idea that they could be 
you know, especially like these kind or something could be summoned, uh, you know, especially by D and D players in Wisconsin in the nineties. <laughs> like there's so many triggers for me there. You feel, I don't know. You, you should go down to Bray road, Pato. You're not far. Uh, go down there and, and shoot it and find out what it is. Um, no, I mean, again, there are reports of it. Even to this day, people report seeing, and, and you know, when you look at these reports, um, when you read Linda Godfrey, I'm not like a big, you know, some of these podcasts, I know you guys listen to, it's just report after report after report. I, I'm not just not big into that. Some reports are interesting, right? I think the lady hitting it with the car is really interesting, you know, but, but like, I don't care. Like somebody else saw it eating something on the side of the road. I don't care about that. You know, some other guy saw it crouched in his backyard. I don't care about that. I'm just not interested in that. Um, but when you put them all together, you know, then yes, there's something probably that was going on at this time and, and still going on now. And it's not like this, whatever it is, okay, call it a demonic entity, call it an animal, whatever it is you want to call this thing. It's not like, oh my God, my, my name is the beast of Bray Road, Bray Road, so I have to stay in this one Bray Road area. I can't go anywhere else, right? It's the fact yeah. that that creature is also right there prevalent in michigan very heavily prevalent in michigan it's the fact that like we also uh ohio the part of ohio that borders michigan we have what the, the defiance uh dog man there um the defiance werewolf i mean this creature is all over it doesn't just it's not just that one area and linda says it's not just the one yeah it's you know What's interesting about it is that that area, like you think you hear Wisconsin and you think like, oh, it's super, you know, you're, you're in the Midwest, you're in the, the woods or something, you're in the northern part of America. And there are parts of Wisconsin that are very heavily forested. That's not really one of them. Like you're just north of, of Lake Geneva. Like I'm not saying there's not woods up there. There is, there's trees, but it's not like you're in the middle of, of, you know, you're you're by like Minnesota or like the UP or anything, you know what I mean? Uh, you're about fifty miles from Chicago, right? You know, you're you're even less from Milwaukee. Like you're not that secluded to where the idea of there being like fucking werewolves running around or like giant wolves or anything like that um, in that specific area. I don't know now because it is in cl such close proximity to Lake Geneva. I mean, wherever you have large bodies of water, you have lots of wildlife in general. So that would be very good hunting grounds. Um, if it's gonna, you know, and it seems these people are seeing it cause it's eating roadkill on the side of the road. Right. So that also speaks to the idea of it being terrestrial. Cause if it was fucking demonic, why would it need to eat? Why would it need to eat? It really need food. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it could be, it could be like the very definition of a cryptid where it's some kind of uh, biological yeah. thing that's just living in that area, you know, and you talk about the, you know, the, my only thing about when, when people make the connection of like, you said, oh, well, you know, Wisconsin's right there. And then you have um, Michigan and, and you look on a map and you say, oh, wow, these two things aren't that far apart, but you have two things in between those two locations one of them is a large body of water and i don't know if these motherfuckers can sail a boat or not and number two you have the city of chicago so like what's it gonna do get on a metro train and just like kind of scoot through like i don't know now 
you see coyotes downtown and shit all the time. So obviously wild animals do kind of find their way into the city and shit. But like if this thing were to somehow migrate from Wisconsin to Michigan, that's, I mean, just really look at that on a map and be like, how the fuck is it getting from point A to point B? I know you can draw a line and it's not that far, but like what routes it going to take? You know what I mean? It really, there, it's, it's, it's not, it can't. There is the third largest metropolitan city in the United States directly in between those two locations. It's not getting from point A to point B unless it's, you know what I mean? in a fucking airplane or something. Um, so I don't know. Not, not that I'm shitting on the, you know, I'm not, maybe they're cousins. Maybe they're two lost tribes that were separated by, by urbanization or something, you know, but yeah, you can't go from one to the other. <laughs> I don't know, but the Upper Peninsula Pad is pretty uh, of Michigan is pretty desolate for the most part. So you're saying that it can't go from Wisconsin to the to the UP without I mean, hitting it, metropolitan? I mean, I don't know the area. I mean, okay, so just like I'll just do map the U.S. Um, I understand what you're saying with the UP, but then it's like you're going through Canada. Let me pull it up right now. Sure. I don't want to sound like I already sound like enough of an idiot today. I ain't trying to fucking sound any stupider. Because um, there's a whole forest, national forest, that connects Wisconsin and the UP up there. Right. So Elkhorn is the southeast corner of of Wisconsin, right? And so you would you would really have to go all the way up to the north part of Wisconsin, and then right now you're in the UP. You're, you're in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. And you have to go over, and then there's a there's the little stuff down here where it connects Thunder Bay and all that shit, and you'd have to come back down again. I don't know. Who knows? I don't. I'm not a migratory expert. I mean, I guess sure. <laughs> I'm just saying that the the the, the, the quickest route where you're going to say, okay, here's Southeast Wisconsin, boom, here's Michigan right here, and there's a little bit of Indiana in between. Yeah, but there's also a really big fucking city. So you would for them to come south and then east is like wouldn't happen. I mean, I guess it could. I don't know. I guess anything's possible. You know, we're we're talking about the migratory fucking patterns of werewolves at this point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why couldn't you follow the <laughs> the river down? I mean, I, you know, there's a whole river you could follow down that way. I, right, but they're werewolves, Pat. They're just hang. They're, they're not doing anything. Sure walking around you know why wouldn't they travel all over the place that's just i mean that's what i'm saying i think it's the same it's not the exact same creature right it's when families you, of these things right when you don't have work in the morning i mean right. you got nothing time on your hands sure just walk around the whole goddamn just walk straight away because why would i mean why would they roam through a city you know if that happened then bears would like live in the city all the time and they do come to the city but they live in the woods you know they don't like to be around us they stay away from us and uh they, they can smell us from miles away you know i'd imagine that they're canine <laughs> it's like the one thing they're good at is smelling sure. uh, so i think that they would avoid it i don't know um again when you i feel like when you put all these stories together then it makes sense for a population to to pop up um what i do find kind of hilarious are the cryptozoologists going dog man oh yeah right and calling that ridiculous and saying that it's just all bigfoot people are seeing <laughs> i saw that too and i i was very disappointed by that 
Cryptozoologists uh, don't believe in Dogman. Yeah, they don't. That they just lump everything together as Bigfoot. That's crazy to me. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, well, any anything that's like bipedal. You you got people saying that like the uh, like the lizard man of Skateboard Swamp was just a Bigfoot and shit. <laughs> it's like it had scales, my guy. <laughs> what do you mean? But there's always a Bigfoot explanation for the Bigfoot bros. Um, but no, in general, yeah, cryptozoology cryptozoology doesn't really recognize Dogman. And it's because it sounds ridiculous, because it is. Um, and I agree with that. I don't think that this is a flesh and blood animal. I don't. I, I think that if it exists, that it is some, it's got to be some type of supernatural something. Really? That's what I think. Okay. Well, because we don't have it. It doesn't make sense for, for canines to evolve to walk on two legs. They're slower that way. Okay. That just doesn't. Why? We have no proof that, you know, have no fossil record at all of anything like that. That makes any sense. Um, whereas, like, with Bigfoot, we do have a fossil record for that. Us. You know? <laughs> we, I mean, we have, you know, semi-intelligent larger apes out there. Um, we have North American. Uh, we, we just found uh, ape an ape like fossil in north america to prove that there were there was an undiscovered species of apes here a long time ago um the science backs it science does not back a dog man it just doesn't now that doesn't mean that it doesn't exist it just means that this has got to be something else it's got to be um, right. but if it were real it could definitely migrate by going north and then coming back sure. down it, it could. Yes, if it were real, it could it could go north and cope, come back down, and it could go west. I mean, it can go wherever the fuck it wants to. It's an animal. <laughs> Birds do that shit all the time. <laughs> so, they just travel. Um, but no, I, I don't personally. I don't think that they're flesh and blood. But um, it is interesting that the same phenomenon is happening in such a close area. But then again, I mean, it's just like anything. You start researching, you're like, oh. Oh, okay. So there's this beast of Bray Road that's in Wisconsin. Oh, there's this Michigan dog man that's that's in Michigan. Oh, there's the Defiance werewolf in Ohio. Oh, there's reports of these things in Pennsylvania. Oh my God, New York has them. It just doesn't stop, right? It just it continues to spread. If you right. dig, if you dig deep enough, those reports are there. Um, why some of them make a name for themselves and others don't? I I don't know. Um, you know, again. Well, Beast of Bray Road has a is sounds a lot better than Michigan Dogman. Those are two conflicting sounds. You know, ne- never doubt, never, never doubt the fucking power of like effective marketing. You know, it's got it's got a real no. good name. Rolls off the tongue. I think that both of those things, just like I do when it comes to every flap out there, I think it's because they had somebody that they could report these things to, and that's it. There was somebody on the case. Linda Godfrey was on the case. Michigan Dog Man, it was that fucking radio DJ that made the song. You know, there was finally, and we, you know, we learned that with the Withwell UFO flap. I was just going to say that. Yeah. 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 You know, uh, Mothman had, had John Keel and Point Pleasant, you know. Once you start asking the questions, you start getting the answers. And, right. you know, yeah, then you have to look at how much does you asking the question create the answer? And how much is it people finally having a outlet for these stories that they've been collecting their whole lives? You know? Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think this comes in waves. I don't I don't think that. I just think it seems like it does. I just think that they have somewhere to finally go um, to safely report these things to that makes sense. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I, I just I'm not surprised by that. So, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Not to get not to get terribly off topic, but did you happen to watch that video that I sent you last night? I did. We talked about that last year. 
Oh, we did? Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what Pato is referring to is uh, the TikToker that filmed the giant and went missing. Not Andrew, missing. He Andrew, died. Andrew Dawson. Andrew Dawson. Well, now they're saying that maybe he faked his death. I mean, when you get to the end of the video, it kind of breaks it down. I mean, I don't want to, you know, I don't like people get all been out of shape when you suggest that dead people didn't die. So I'm not going to do that. But um, yes, there's some, there's because of the timing of when the obituary was posted and there's not really any corroborating evidence. He just kind of disappeared from social media and that was it. And his, you know, he had family members that never posted anything about him dying on their social media that people have stalked. Um, but the story is interesting and it's funny because he, it starts off as like a giant sighting and uh, kind of slides into Bigfoot. And I guess that's another connection that I never really made that um, they could conceivably be the same thing. If you, if, if you're going to believe in giants and you're going to believe in Bigfoot, maybe the two are, are somehow connected. And uh, I don't know. The origin story <clears throat> that we talked about in the Wendigo episode about uh, man's first dog, right? The first dog is the the two indigenous gentlemen. Um, their boat was broken and a giant approached them and offered to help them. And the giant sometimes is Bigfoot and sometimes it's not. So, there, I mean, there definitely is some type of possible correlation there. Um, as far as the Andrew Dawson story goes, uh, first of all, the video that Pato is specifically talking about that he sent me comes, comes from a channel called The Y Files. And even though sometimes it is very campy, which makes it family friendly, I highly recommend checking it out because the guy yeah. is good at his research. He's good at viewing things very objectively. And, you know, he, he again, delivers the facts as close as he can. I highly recommend it um you know as far as this story goes and i tried to like dig it up when you sent me the video because people have been you know that's been like a big topic lately that people have been sharing mm -hmm. and so i was trying to find because i remember when the, when he first died is when we talked about it on this show and digging into it then his sister i did find a resource where his sister did come out and beg people to stop with the con conspiracy stuff that he admitted that this was all fake and that he sh should be allowed to rest in peace and the family should be allowed to move forward with it um but i did see his post or that guy's video where he said that the sister never said anything on social media so i was trying to like find that resource again because that was my conclusion in talking about it was that because the family had come out and asked people not to spread that around we would respect those wishes here on the show and not do that mm -hmm. and um you know because whether or not the guy faked his own death or not if he didn't i mean god what a shitty person all of you are for maybe thinking that he didn't or that the government killed him if he killed himself you know um but now i can't find that again i can't find the source of his sister saying that so i mean <laughs> that's kind of weird <laughs> well i think they the, the the most important thing whether or not the guy committed suicide or not um doesn't really matter because we established i mean i think it, it it makes it a a, a tragic cautionary tale yeah. because we've already identified that all the things leading up to that were most likely not accurate. Very heavy evidence that it was all faked, right? Yes. So, so whether or not I think I think we can kind of agree on that. And um, if that's the case, then maybe this is something that got out of control and he regretted it. I I don't think that 
you know, if for faking something like this, I don't think any agency would take him out for faking it. We know, so we know that he faked it or at least misidentified this stuff intentionally at first or maybe that first thing with the giant when he first saw that that tower from that angle and he thought it was a giant and then that blew up and he decided to run with it i don't know but once you establish that it there's nothing there um the ending kind of becomes a little bit less important yeah it doesn't really matter right and it becomes about whatever happened to this guy at that from that point like fuck i mean do you I don't need to know that. My interest isn't in that part. My interest is in everything leading up to it. But, um, you know. Which is interesting. And, and, and if it, he, even like if he didn't fake his own death, if he faked all that stuff, he, he did do a good job faking it. It's very believable. <laughs> Except for two things. Number one, and these are things, and I love the way that I, so I just found that YouTube channel um, not too long ago. And it might have been Project Bluebeam or something else, but it, was not that long ago um i'd say within the past month and uh i do really like it i like the guy's voice i like i like the presentation i like his fish i don't like the fish i like the fish i didn't at first i was like man this is campy and cringy and weird right now i I like the fish um but I, I, I like the dude. I like how he presents the information. And I like how he presents the information in that video because he really takes you on where I thought I got halfway through the video. I didn't. I mean, I know you say we talked about the story and I believe you, but I was thought I was watching this for the first time. I was getting all this info for the first time when I watched this video last night. And um, it I thought this was all really happening. But then when I saw like that was supposed to be the cop watching him. And I was like, wait a minute, that fucking looks like just a dude, some bro's car. You know what I mean? Yes. I agree and then that. when I was watching like that fake ass, like hostage video, like I was like, this doesn't look real at all. Like this looks so <laughs> fucking fake. And then I don't know. I mean, it, I think he did a good enough job, but then the thing is, is like, for what, like, how do you monetize that? Where do you go from there? And like, I think he kind of paint narratively, he painted himself into a corner. I agree. And then when he's trying to get it to go away, like he realized he was just fucking with the wrong audience. And he, what he, sh- I don't know. He should have like dropped the fucking iTunes track or something when he was at the height of it and got some money that way or something, you know, and, drop and, the, dollar, yeah, the dollar 99 download and be like, guess he, <laughs> and then just try to cash out right you know because right. otherwise you're left with what like this rabid fucking conspiracy fan base you know yeah and you know right like when that when that quote-unquote uh government official you know stops him and he's like talking to him like as soon as he hey talk- bro man could you please turn around man Sorry. right hey man <laughs> Like, come on. Are you serious? We're talking the men in black. I guess just, he's alluding to the men in black or something like that. The men in black. I mean, I guess they don't know how to, like, drink normal and, or use forks or whatever. But, like, <laughs> they're not that casual. <laughs> you know? Right. Um, it just didn't. And then, like, the guy mentions in the one video where the car speeds away. He's like, so you're telling me a government car has an aftermarket exhaust on it? <laughs> exactly. It's, it's like the bro. Like, I expected to see the neon blue around the license plate. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> come on, dude. You know, anybody can could buy that car you just knew a guy with that car um you know and uh so yeah like obviously all of that is fake and then whatever happened to him who knows i'm curious to know if he ever like comes back from the dead that would be really interesting (laughs) well at this point the only thing it would do is um 
The only thing it would really do is just kind of definitively answer that that was all bullshit. And I think that's what he tried to do is he tried to, he realized nobody, as long as he was alive, no one was going to leave him alone. Because if he said it was real, if he said it was fake, people were going to hound him no matter what. And I think it's pretty obvious that it was fake. And that if it was ever proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that it was fake, those people that invested all that time and energy into the story he was telling could potentially get angry at him and seek retribution one way or the other. Yeah. So maybe he felt this was his only way out, or maybe that's why he committed suicide. Like, I don't know. Um, but like I said, I feel like it, from from my interest in the story, my interest in the story ends when she realized it was a hoax. Whatever right. happened to him after that is no business of mine. And, and really, I. Yeah. It, yeah, whatever. I mean, the locations yeah. of this alleged mountain are even they're, they're inconsistent and that's easily proven. Yeah. Once they once they he does a pretty good job kind of building up the story and yeah. then uh, and then breaking it apart so that there's no question. Right. But right. yeah, I, I just, just stumbled across that last night in bed and was like, holy shit. Yeah, it's it's a big, it's a hot topic. And of course, there's people that just absolutely believe that he was killed off by the government. Why wouldn't the government then erase all his TikTok and all the videos and they didn't? It's still there. <laughs> you can still see it. Why would they keep that shit up there? Like, they're not stupid, guys. <laughs> well, because you don't want to, because if it did disappear... First of all, do they have the ability to do that? Do they have the well? I guess yes. yeah. They would hack. They would hack his TikTok account, and then or when they had him under duress, just be like, "What the fuck is your password? Take all these videos down." But right, then, these videos. would that be? Would that kind of prove it more? Um, I don't know. So that's a decision. I mean, when you think about it, if this if this all was real, that's a decision. That's a definitive decision that somebody in some level of power would have to make. All right, what do we do here? Do we delete the files or do we leave them up? If we delete them, then potentially we prove everyone out there that thinks that we're trying to cover this up by deleting them. However, if we leave them up, then we're only leaving them up to be seen by more people. So don't you delete the evidence? Why would you leave the evidence up? Because if we delete the evidence, we're confirming the evidence's existence and and proving its validity okay but if you leave it up then even more people get to see the fucking evidence and then they get to about you know it's like it's better to discredit somebody than try to silence them because if you silence them by killing them they become a martyr in theory whereas if you just discredit them then no one believes what they say anyway and everyone moves on with their lives but and you know pretending it's real which we know it's it's not but like during that one weird video where he's like oh it's all fake okay then obviously that would be like the government trying to intervene and having him backtrack and they weren't going to kill him at that point so at that point before he died they could have ordered him to erase those videos so that way it didn't continue to spread and he's alive saying hey these things are fake i deleted that he could have said that i deleted these videos because they're fake and then that's right. it and then the guy could have went on with his life but the, like that didn't happen it seems like a really weird misstep for someone who um covers up giants to do you know <laughs> <laughs> i'm just saying i mean why not have the guy delete them if you're forcing him to make a video <laughs> okay and just say that i'm deleting them because 
it's brought a lot of negative attention just from you guys. You guys comment on it a lot, whatever. I mean, there's so many easy explanations for why he himself would have deleted them. So, you know, I don't know. But uh, right. Yeah. Or just no explanation. What's like I'm, I'm moving on. And everyone would have moved on with their life, too, probably. And just forgotten about it in a couple of months. <laughs> right. <laughs> it would have been something that some podcaster brings up five years from now and like and a top top 10 list or something you know what i mean I'm like do you remember the story of andrew tate Whatever right you know what i mean <laughs> andrew Dawson. especially with you know tiktokers there's there's so many hoaxes on there for this shit and so i mean i just there's to me there's just absolutely no way at all that there's any truth to this whole scenario whatsoever um but at minimum if you guys take away anything from it check out the y files good channel yeah hey, do you have any other uh, videos of theirs that you could recommend um i mean i i don't i guess i've never watched one that i don't like i mean watch all of them i don't know yeah you know they're they're good i think he did one on the beast of bray road i think he did one on just like dog man and uh it might have been the beast of bray road i don't remember but good channel you know like i said he, he he does the damn thing he he openly admits that he doesn't like talking about cryptids he's very skeptical of the idea but it's interesting because in the videos where he covers cryptids he's like i don't know man <laughs> this is hard <laughs> you know but he um doesn't really like to talk about them because there's not a lot of like definitive evidence for or against them in his opinion so mm. um, interesting uh interesting guy oh he's got a lot of giant stuff on here too got a lot of stuff just period yeah good for him he's got he's got a lot of stuff he deserves the uh he deserves the you know the eyes when you guys go and watch his video let him know that you came you came to his videos comments and <laughs> you're here from on wednesdays we talk weird no i'm serious he'd be a great guy to get on the show oh you know who i honestly wh where i watched his video was valent thor that was the oh, one that i yeah. watched um before we did ours because, like I said, that's my that's my new technique is to listen and watch other people's shows, and then that way I know I have an idea of what the discourse out there is. Oh wow! Which yeah, I think he's, is he's got a lot good of research stuff. I didn't know that. Oh, he's got millions, a million for some of these videos. I didn't know he was that large. Okay, so yeah, when you go there, comment. <laughs> he came over here from on Wednesdays. We talk weird. We would love to have him on the show. Yeah, <laughs> tell him. And we'll get him on. Um, you leave that fucking fish at home, though. <laughs> no, you should bring the fish. No. We'll do two separate episodes, one with him and one with the fish. <laughs> one is just the fucking fish. You guys will see the fish. You'll know exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> Next time I'm off sick. Next time I take a sick day, you can you can have the fish fucking fill in. <laughs> the fish on. Yeah. Little... I'll have the fish and I'll get Octavian to come back again for the second time with the fish <laughs> we'll do it again um but uh yeah so do you have anything else to say about the beast of bray road Pat? i got nothing me neither I, I think it was real do you think it was real um do you think it is real i i mean i i don't want to call those people liars um but uh i don't know i don't know because i don't there's i i really don't know that's you know, fine you don't have to I think this, this, this yeah the supernatural explanation is seems more likely of the two but then that's opening up a completely different can of worms into where there's somehow you summoning fucking bipedal dog men supernaturally and that's just 
another thing to consider. <laughs> it's all, it's it's almost easier just to be like, no, it's not real, <laughs> and then that way you don't have to think about it anymore. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know my relationship with Dog Man. It's already fucking weird and uh, just not. It's very so- it's stable. Um, yeah, I mean. <laughs> I don't know, you guys. I- I'm gonna I'm gonna take a page from the X Files book and say I want to believe, um, but I can't say for sure that I do. So, but I want to. I want it to be something, and uh, I hope that one day there is some type of smoking gun that that tiptoes me over that line um, to where I can say yes, I believe that this is a thing. But we'll see. So, all right. Well, with that being said, guys, we'll see you back here next Wednesday.